World Audio. Episode 2. It's like thunder, it's like lightning. Is there anything that shouts 70s rock star more than a conversation pit and a soft shagpile carpet? The first thing Lissy did when they bought Villa Hellebore was to dig out a pit in the great room, pink shagpile, wall-to-wall carpet, and state-of-the-art speakers in every corner. There's hi-fi, then there's rockstar-fi, which is a whole other ballgame. Should the music ever be turned up to full volume, it's possible that the whole of Westchester County would shake. The conversation pit is Lissy's favorite place. Where better to chill out and relax with a few drinks and a few smokes, or pills, or tabs? Without drugs, it feels a little different. She isn't quite sure what to do. Here she is now, curled up with her Alistair Crowley book, even though she can't really focus on reading. Where's Kathy? Where's that kid? Where are the drugs? Her heart lifts as she hears footsteps, but sinks when she realizes it's only Charlie and Paula. She's always in the mood to see Charlie, even if only for a little while. Paula, on the other hand, is beginning to irritate. She'd been so quiet when she first arrived. This young Italian girl who had never left Florence, so awed by working for Eddie and Lissy, so respectful. An amateur psychologist might assume Lissy is jealous of Paola, of her 19 shining years, her clear unlined skin, her taut golden thighs, but they would be wrong. Lissy isn't jealous of Paola, She just doesn't like women very much. She never has. Occasionally, Lissy will bond with someone, but the women she likes tend to have a more masculine energy. Women's emotions and unpredictability are exhausting for her. Plus, men are so much easier to manipulate. Mommy, mommy, look what I made today. Come here and show me, Mina Elsklinger. Wow! Look at everything you've made. This is wonderful. Is it a stage? And is that Daddy? Yes! It's them playing at Madison Square Garden. See? Those are the drums made out of sewing things. And Paula cut out the guitar, and I painted it purple and orange just like Daddy's. I see that. That's excellent, Charlie. I love it. Do you know what it's called? Mm, A shoebox? No! It's a diorama. Oh, forgive me. I thought it was a Ferragamo shoebox. My mistake. That's okay, Mommy. Do you see you? Me? I'm not in this. Yes, you are. That's a sofa, and that's you asleep on the sofa. Jesus. It looks like I got chewed up before being spat out. (laughs) Good God. It's like something out of a horror film. But you don't look like that now. You look beautiful again. Again? Huh? Paola? Honey? You look as white as a sheet. Are you feeling okay? 
Can I talk to you? A little later, okay? I'm expecting someone. We're getting fishing nets to try and catch tadpoles in the pond. Then we'll grow them into pet frogs. Oh, the joy! You know, Charlie, if Paula's not feeling well, after the frogs, you and I could do something. Maybe watch a movie together? Um... Or cooking. We could bake cookies. Um... I was going to make a cake with Paula this afternoon. I think Paula might need a rest. Poor thing looks exhausted. I don't need a rest. I just need to talk to you. Fine. Let's talk then. What's going on? Charlie, why don't you go and get your coat? It's not cold. It's going to rain. You need a raincoat. I don't... Charlie, go and get your coat. You don't have to be so stern with him. He's a good kid. I don't want him to be frightened by what I have to say to you. Well, now you have my full attention. I have noticed that things are moving in my room. Charlie's sneaking into your room? That little bugger. No, no, Lizzie. By themselves. While I'm in the room. What? Last night, my wardrobe... I watched it just fall over. How can a wardrobe fall over? I don't know, Lizzie. But then, the other day, I hung my clothes on the back of the door. And in the morning, they were twisted up like snakes on the floor by my bed. Do clothes not fall off hangers in Italy? Six feet away from the door, Lizzie. Today, the nightstand was tipped over, and my necklaces were twisted around the closet doors. And it feels like there is something in my room watching me. Paula, listen to me. It's an old house. There are probably ghosts. Dio mio. But I promise you, there's nothing sinister here. I made sure of that before we moved in. How can you make sure? But listen, if it'd make you feel better, I can even do a little cleansing ritual for the space. A, a cleansing ritual? Sure. A little sage, an incantation. Madonna mia. Lizzie, this is il diavolo. The only diavolo that's ever been in this house, my dear, is Fra Diavolo. And that's because I ordered it from that pizza shop I love on Main. There's nothing satanic about a cleansing ritual, okay? It's about the earth. Gaia, the mother of us all. When you put it that way... Does sound kind of nice. I'll have to get some stuff. It might be tomorrow. In the meantime, if you want to move to another bedroom, that's fine. That would be great. Thank you. You're welcome. A little old poltergeist is no match for Lissy Ellery. Let me take you back a couple of years to the beginning of Lissy's fascination with Villa Hellebore. The day when Eddie Albright and Lissy Ellery stood on the cracked stone doorstep of a dilapidated and long-abandoned house, Eddie shivering as he looked at the weeds that were pushing through every crack, the ivy that was covering all the windows. Oh, 
Oh my, I'm so sorry I'm late. There was a holdup while they moved a dead deer out of the road. Great. Was that supposed to be some kind of omen? Don't be silly. You wouldn't know an omen if it sat on your face. Still might enjoy it, though. <laughs> it's definitely not an omen around here. It's something we see all the time. So this looks like um, a major fixer-upper. Ugh, psh, ignore him. Nothing a builder can't fix. Look at how private this is, Eddie. That sweeping driveway is gorgeous. And look, this could be such a grand, gorgeous house. Exactly. You get it, Lissy. This was, in fact, a grand, gorgeous house. Shall I tell you a little bit about it before we go in? Sure. Is this ivy or poison ivy? Do you know? Don't touch it. I think it's just ivy, but I wouldn't take a chance. So, this is Villa Hellebore, but most people around here call it the Bettman Mansion. It was built in 1876 by the banker Ferdinand Felix Bettman, founder of Bettman Brothers, the German bank. He built it in the grand Gothic style, but then changed his mind halfway through and added a Tudor element, as you can see. <gasps> I love it. Sadly, the last owner went bankrupt in 1959, and the house has been abandoned ever since. But it has wonderful bones, and the right people could easily restore it back to its former glory. Can we go inside? Of course. But I would ask that you stay very close to me. There are a few small spots where the floor is rotting, and I'd hate you to fall through. Eddie Albright and Lissy Ellery found dead in basement. <laughs> Watch the spider webs. Ooh, it feels haunted. I've always wanted to live in a haunted house. You are a haunted house. There are those who say Ferdinand's granddaughter committed suicide in the house and still walks the corridors at night. But I don't believe it. And all that talk about satanic rituals is just silly village gossip. Really? What kind of satanic rituals? Tell me more. I don't know anymore. It's not true. As I said, it's silly gossip. Well, there's nothing my wife loves more than a good satanic ritual. What can I say? I'm a simple girl at heart. What's through here? This is the kitchen. A true chef's kitchen. Look at the size of these rooms! Eddie, imagine the meals I could cook here. As long as you can cook bangers and mash and shepherd's pie, I'm happy. That's the maid's room. I suppose you'd call it. You could use it as a den or an office. And you'll notice that a lot of the wood paneling is still in reasonable shape. What's the green? Is that... mold? No. Just a little, um, I don't know, staining? Nothing a good scrub with bleach won't take care of. Let me show you the living room. Watch your step. It's perfect. It's us. I'm not so sure it's me. That's because you have no imagination. Follow me! Three platinum albums, but no imagination. All right. Look! This is Charlie's bedroom. It even has a balcony. Imagine this, painted in a lovely matte black. Oh, Jesus, Lizzie. Why do you always want to paint our houses black? Fine. Dark purple, maybe. Or midnight blue. Almost black? Exactly. I'm telling you, this is supposed to be ours. I feel it. 
This is home. Charlie can run around in the woods and play outside. It's what you've always wanted for him. Fresh air and trees. Especially since you don't want us coming on tour with you anymore. What about that house in Bedford? That one I really liked. No, 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 baby. This is home. Go on, baby. Make me happy. This will make me happy. Mm. Now, Kathy makes her way through Villa Hellebore, trailed by a tall, skinny boy, unnaturally pale, the kind of pale you can only achieve by sitting in a bedroom for years, avoiding sunlight. There are traces of acne still visible in pits and scars on his cheeks and chin. His hair is black, the kind of blue-black that comes from store-bought dye, spiked up in deliberate barbs. He's wearing old, dirty jeans, Dr. Martin boots, and a black leather biker jacket with silver studs on the shoulders. Through his ear, instead of an earring, are two safety pins. He pauses in the doorway, almost hiding behind Kathy, a muscle in his cheek giving away his nerves. He can't believe he's here, about to meet a woman he had fantasized about for years. He saw her once in town, but she looked puffy and bloated, unrecognizable. Had the gas station attendant not nudged him when she drove off, He would never have known it was the woman whose posters had graced his bedroom walls in her prime. Yet here, reclining on a large sofa in tiny gold spandex hot pants, a red halter top on, feet bare and eyes sparkling, she is back to her prime, even more beautiful as she ages. Hi, Lizzie. I hope I'm not interrupting. Hello, person standing behind Kathy in an interesting outfit. You must be Craig. Sup? Nothing much. What's up with you? Nothing much. Well, we're off to a great start. Come in, make yourself at home. I like your whole blue hair thing. That's not something you see a lot of here in Sleepy Hollow. What do you call yourself then? A baby punk rocker? I'm not a baby. Uh, No, I can see that. I'm sorry. I was just teasing. Are you a punk rocker, though? If that's what you want to call it. Punk, whatever. I am who I am. (laughs) Lissy, this is Craig. Craig, meet Lissy. Craig is 17, so clearly not a baby. I've brought him here since you said you were interested in mentoring young people. (gasps) I like it. That's exactly right. I do indeed want to... Mentor young people. Craig, would you like a drink? Tab? Beer? Vodka? The wet bar is fully stocked. Help yourself. (laughs) Cool. So, 17-year-old Craig, tell me about yourself. Uh, Not much to tell. Where did you get that cool biker jacket? And who dyes your hair? I've lived here for years and I haven't found a decent hairdresser anywhere. I do it myself. (laughs) Of course you do. That's sweet. Would you like to smoke? Sure. Do you have any dope? I should leave. I've got an appointment. 
Okay, I'll walk you out. It's fine. I can see myself out. Of course you can. But I want to ask you something. Excuse us, Craig. Sure. Did you speak to Eddie today? About Craig? No, I'm not going to say anything about him. I'm not stupid, darling. I'm not talking about Craig. I can't get a hold of him, and he hasn't called. I spoke to him last night, but I haven't heard from him since. I'm sure everything's fine. He made it to the show? He got there four songs in, but yes, he made it. Do you think he blames me for being late? Well, he... He probably doesn't not blame you, but it doesn't matter, Lissy. He adores you. I don't know that he does anymore. And honestly, I don't care if he fucks the groupies. That's part of the deal. But what if he fell in love with someone? That's what freaks me out. Especially when he says he's going to call and he doesn't. You're the only woman for him. God, Lissy. The two of you are like... Rock and roll royalty. Who else could he possibly be with? Yeah, you're probably right. I just have a weird feeling that something is different. It's probably nothing. If he mentions me at all, will you tell me? Of course. But he never talks to me about you. If he ever were to tell me anything, of course I would tell you. I really have to go. Should I come back and pick Craig up later? No. I'll make sure he gets home. Either I'll drive him or I'll call him a car. And hey, let's just forget about the necklace. What? It's fine. I'm fine with it, okay? We never talk of it again. Good night, Lacey. Lissy has Kathy's number. You can't kid a kidder. She knows she's taking things, but nothing irreplaceable. Right now, she's prepared to ignore it, not least because Kathy is the closest thing to a friend she has here. But Lissy is nothing if not volatile. All it will take is for her to wake up on the wrong side of the bed for Kathy's number to be up. And Kathy knows it. (laughs) 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 The more they smoke, the more they drink, the more comfortable Craig becomes. There are moments when he forgets he's in the house of a woman he has adored from afar for years, a woman he never expected to meet. There are moments when he's able to shed his teenage awkwardness and blossom under her spell, talking to her in a way he has not been able to talk to anyone. What was detox like? It was a sleep treatment. They put me to sleep so I wasn't aware of anything. Then they pumped me full of nutrition and all the things I wasn't getting when I was on smack, so I woke up feeling like I just have the best rest of my life. Honestly... I've never felt better. And I know I'm over it now. Oh, God, this is some good shit. (laughs) How long have you been smoking? Cigarettes since I was 11, and getting high since I was 12. 12? Mm, That's young. Although, 
I guess I was also up to no good at twelve. What were you up to? <laughs> Obviously drinking, but mostly sneaking out the house and going to see bands. Getting up to no good with musicians. You see how little has changed. Was that when you met Eddie? Mm. I met him much later. I was going out with another member of the band, the original lead singer. He died some time ago. You probably won't remember him. Dave Boland. <gasps> yes, indeed. After Dave died, Eddie and I got together, and I've been with him ever since. What's he like? Eddie. Mm-hmm. What do you imagine he's like? I imagine he doesn't dodge questions with another question. <laughs> okay, okay, I do that sometimes, but sometimes I just find people interesting. I find you interesting, Craig. Are you blushing? No, I'm just hot. Hmm, I can see that. Are you a fan of the Wide-Eyed Boys? Fuck no. I mean, no. Not my thing. Oh, well. Who are you into? The Ramones, The Clash, Patti Smith, The Sex Pistols. You should be living in New York. I wish I was. Then why aren't you? Are you still in school? I dropped out. I, I want to live in New York. I want to get a job in a record store. I'm just saving until I can get a place there. Saving from what? Handyman, odd jobs. Anything, really. You're still at home. If you can call it that. What would you call it? A shithole. That bad? Kinda. I, I live with my dad and his girlfriend. He's mostly drunk, and his girlfriend hates me. She liked me until she got pregnant, and now she wants me out of the way. Where's your mom? She left five years ago. She's a manic depressive. We don't know where she is. Or if my dad knows, he's not telling me. Sounds like you've been shit out of luck. Is that a Ouija board? Mommy, mommy, look! Oh, oh, that's gross. In a kind of cute way. Keep that jar away from me. Who are you? That's Craig. Hi, Craig. Do you want to see my tadpoles? We're going to grow them into pet frogs. Yeah, for sure. I did that at school when I was little. Cold water, right? Cold water and only a little food so they don't metamorphose. Only I'm go to school. Paula gives me things to study. That's cool. I'm not little. I'm eight. Okay. Paula is hanging up Charlie's raincoat in the mudroom. Poor Paula. Who came here with such high expectations? A rock star family, one kid, a pretty country town. She thought Lissy would be a mother figure to her, that she'd get to travel with them, that her afternoons and evenings would be free, letting her go into New York with other au pairs, have some fun, let their hair down. Instead, here she is. At nineteen years old, in sole charge of an eight-year-old, there are no afternoons off, and by the time it gets to evening, she's so tired. All she wants to do is go to bed. Now, she's afraid to go to bed. 
She loves Charlie, but she doesn't want to be his mother. She looked up to Lissy, but Lissy isn't interested in her. But at least she offered to cleanse the energy. Paola had been feeling looked after for the first time, until she walks back in to find Lissy and some punk boy unpacking, of all things, a Ouija board. Paola, this is Craig. Craig, meet Paola. Lissy, please tell me you're not about to do anything with that. It's a harmless game. Come on. Don't you want to know who's moving the furniture? No. I don't want to know anything. I just want it to stop. We'll ask them to stop. Who's moving furniture? A ghost? No. Yes! Is it that little boy who sits on my bed, Nathan? He used to play with me a lot. He was strangled in Paula's bedroom by a business rival of his father's. <gasps> Charlie! You never told me! Dear me. I'm going to church. On the other side of Sleepy Hollow, close to the train, in a neighborhood that John Lennon might refer to as the cheap seats, a 1970s Chevelle turns onto the street. The street is a mix of 1920s cottages and 1950s ranches. Old cars rust on the street, and weeds grow through the cracks in the asphalt driveways. Most of the houses have porches covered in clutter, from broomsticks and cleaning equipment to old plastic chairs. One house stands out from the rest. Where the others are grimy, this one is freshly painted. There is a gleaming Indian woodsman motorcycle on the freshly paved driveway. The mailbox is new, and the old picket fence that was falling down has been replaced. Some serious money has been spent on this house. You might not know it, should you see the lady of the house driving up in her Chevelle, but she is both careful and wily. The designer clothes she has started wearing, Pucci, Halston, Calvin Klein, are never worn to work. Instead, worn for her girls' nights out, where she tells her friends they are Lissy Ellery's cast-offs, gifts from a grateful employer. Indeed, when she has shown her employer pictures of her home, they were taken before the renovation, before the new kitchen went in. They are aware that she had her teeth fixed. Those rotten old teeth were replaced with gleaming veneers, but she said her husband had been saving for years to give her a birthday present she had always wanted. She has two lives. That of the efficient, reliable, omnipresent assistant to a rock star, an assistant who stays in the background, who is happy to stay behind the scenes, and her life when she's not at work, which is that of a rock star herself, the biggest fish in her small pond, the woman who everyone in her social circle now reveres, given the job she was lucky enough to land. As to the money she has spent on her house, on herself, her friends believe Eddie Albright must be paying her a fortune. When asked, she smiles demurely and says just that she is very lucky. 
The one thing they know for sure is that the money isn't coming from her husband. He lost his job as a landscaper right before she scored the job working for Eddie. And he hasn't been inclined to find another one. Not when he has his new motorcycle and pretty much anything he needs, thanks to his resourceful wife. Hello? Hello? Hello, Eddie. How's she doing? Lissy seems to be doing great. Happy and rested, then? Oh, very. Any signs that she might be doing anything she shouldn't? Absolutely not. If anything seems wrong, or if she starts inviting people over again, I want you to call immediately, all right? If you can't get hold of me, call Jimmy. Of course. Thanks. You know, you can... Trust me. Oh, Kathy. With your glossy black hair, your ready smile and those perfect new teeth. With your charm and intelligence, you seem like the perfect assistant, the perfect friend. That you have lied and deceived your way there, that you continue to lie and deceive, would never occur to Eddie, if he even thinks about you at all. This is called the planchette. This is what you put your finger on to move. There was a kid at school a few years ahead of me who committed suicide after doing the Ouija board. He got possessed by an evil spirit. Bullshit stories. Bad shit doesn't happen when you know what you're doing. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. Do you have anything else? Anything other than dope? What do you want? I got uppers, downers, shrooms. (gasps) Mushrooms! That's what I want. Let's get trippy and have some fun. Oh, fuck. These are horrible. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Wait. The candle. Now, say it with me. Guardian of Earth, I invoke thee. Bless us with your presence. Guardian of air, I invoke thee. Bless us with your presence. Guardian of fire, I invoke thee. Bless us with your presence. Guardian of water, I invoke thee. Bless us with your presence. Now, put your finger on the planchette with mine. Is there anybody here who would like to talk to either of us? It's not working. Sometimes it takes a while to come through. Hello? Is there anybody there? We are ready to receive messages. Oh, fuck! Can you tell us your name? L. I. L. I. T. H. Lilith. Do you know them? No, it's Lilith. 
Are you the goddess Lilith, who is the original woman, the woman created before Eve? There was no woman before Eve. Some say there was, a goddess who was cast as a demon. The world couldn't handle her sensuality and wicked ways. Lilith! I can't believe it! I have to check. Forgive me for asking this, but what does the name Lilith mean? N. I. G. H. T. The night. Yes! Craig, put your finger back. I don't like this. The night? What the fuck does that mean? I don't want some evil devil possessing me. It's fine. It's good. The night embodies the spiritual and emotional aspects of darkness. I don't know what that means. Lilith comes from ancient Jewish and Aramaic writings. She's been around forever and was seen as a demon. But she's a feminist icon, a free spirit, the spirit of those who don't want to be good girls, like me. It's good. It's all good. Put your finger back. I can't fucking believe we got her. Welcome, Lilith. Lilith? Are you there? What's happening? I don't know. Hello? Who is there? E R I S Eris? Welcome, Eris. Do you have a message for us? One, zero, one, two. What does that mean? How the fuck do I know? I wasn't asking you. Eris, what do these numbers mean? Can you explain? D A T E. Date. Okay. 10 12. The 12th of October. Is that what you're trying to tell us? That's like three weeks from now. I wonder what the 12th. Oh, fuck! That's Alistair Crowley's birthday! Who? He's a famous occultist in England. An occultist? Like the devil and black magic? Why does everyone think he's about Satanism, for God's sake? Occultism is about believing in things outside of religion and science. It's astrology, astronomy, and yes, magic, but it doesn't have to be dark. Oh. Okay. Eris. Is there something you want us to do on the 12th of October? G. A. T. H. E. R. Gather what? Gather what? Hello? Fuck! I think she's gone. Eris, if we gather, what would you like us to do? S. A. C. R. I. What does that mean? It's moving by itself. Did you blow that candle out? No, I didn't do anything. Shit, 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 shit. We have to close it down. I'm out of here. No, you can't leave. If you don't close the board with me, an evil spirit can get in and then we're truly fucked. This is... I, uh, Craig, 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 just sit down. 
Thank you. Eris and Lilith, thank you for your presence and your message. We are now closing the board and wish to say thank you and goodbye. Okay. Holy okay. shit. That should be good enough. And see? Nothing bad is happening. No bad spirits here. This is Jane Green. For the latest episodes of Rainbow Girl, follow the podcast on Amazon Music at amazon.com slash rainbowgirl or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have questions for us about Rainbow Girl or have any comments on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at rainbowgirl at emeraldaudio.net. Again, that's rainbowgirl at emeraldaudio.net. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Emerald Audio Network. Rainbow Girl is a production of Emerald Audio in association with Gemini 13. Based on a story by Jane Green, written by Jane Green and Tommy Lombardi. Produced and directed by Garrett Scott for Real Jetpacks Productions. Theme music by Tyler Cash. Featuring the voices of Quincy Dunbaker, Dan Bittner, Tim Dadabo, Jane Green, Jake Hart, Mitchell Hogue, Ryan Cooperman, Tam Mutu, Sarah Natacheni, Sandra Okuboyejo, Jeremy Carlisle Parker, Deborah Rain, Max Roll, Emily Schaefer, and Harry Smith. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Paul Goodrich. Sound editing by Justin Kilpatrick. Executive producers, Jane Green, Spencer Brown, and Mark Francis. Special thanks to Charles Steinhauer, Scott Waxman, Jacob Bronstein, David Bibby, and Travis Bell. <laughs>